All right, well, let's take our Bibles now and go and turn to Acts chapter number 20. Acts chapter number 20. We're also emphasizing moving ahead. We're going to say a lot more about that tonight. Perhaps you received the uh, bulletin, the special bulletin, in addition to the regular, about celebrating the 71 years of Southwest, but also the effort to move ahead back in 2004. Uh, Brother Sam led us to... Um, uh, go into the Moving Ahead Financial Partnership Plan. That's what Brother David was referencing during the offering. So we're going to say a lot more about that tonight. Uh, but if you've already looked at the brochure, then you've seen some of the projects accomplished this year and then those coming up. But we're really within just about two years or a little bit less than that, a year and a half, of being completely free of the mortgage. And so that's a hallelujah, praise the Lord. So, um, so I thought about calling it nearly debt-free in 2023. Uh, but then I thought, how about no more in 24? So that'll, that's our theme. So looking forward to mentioning that even a little bit more specifically tonight. All right, uh, let's look at one verse here. There's a context of this that we'll get into as we open God's word here and get into it this morning. But Acts 20, Acts 20, Paul is visiting with a group of men and, and the leaders of the church in Ephesus is very dear to his heart. He spent three years in Ephesus. It wasn't typical for Paul. He was moving quite often um, in the region of Asia and Macedonia and Achaia. But here he's meeting really for the last time uh, with those pastors uh, that were there. And so in verse number 28, he says this to them, thinking about the future, thinking about the past. Um, we can almost call it their moving ahead and celebration Sunday. How's that? Very much what it was. They were celebrating what God had done. They were also looking ahead to the future. And he says this in verse number 28, take heed therefore unto yourselves and all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. Then he says this, to feed the church of God. By the way, Southwest Baptist Church belongs to the chief shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, the church of God. God, notice this please, the last part of the verse, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Um, that's why we need to be very careful in what we do here at Southwest Baptist Church because it doesn't belong to us. We didn't pay for it. He paid the ultimate price. And so um, in conjunction with our theme, Love God's Way, I'd like to just challenge us all about loving Southwest Baptist Church, loving Southwest Baptist Church, God's way. Loving your church. Now, there are members here from other churches. We're glad we got guests here from out of town that I know are a member of different churches. Uh, some of them I, I know, and that's great. So you can apply this message here this morning, loving your church God's way. Um, loving your church God's way. So this morning, loving Southwest Baptist Church God's way. You may be seated. We'll trust God to honor his word and help us here this morning. Well, obviously, if you've invested time and energy into something, then you want to see it continue and continue strong, right? Uh, if you spent some time this summer on landscaping, not knowing you're going to have a drought, but um, did some landscaping, you maybe uh, reseeded a a yard. You wanted to make sure that it continues, not that it's just good for one year, but that it's perpetual, that it's got some continuity to it. 
I know there's some individuals here that are really good at working with cars, old cars and trucks and such, and and, uh, fixing up maybe some some older vehicles, and you put a lot of time and energy into it that you, you want to see it taken care of. Um, maybe you've made some investments. You've, you've done what you can to set aside resources, and, and uh, not every year is a great year, uh, right, for financial stability. You know, there's a lot of ups and downs, but you want to see it continuing strong. How about this, raising kids? You put a lot of effort into raising kids. You want to see them continue on. Well, uh, today we're, we're setting aside. I'm just going to get right to it here this morning to, to say we're looking at this. Uh, there's been a lot of time. There's been a lot of resources. There's been a lot of effort put in to the stability, to the well-being, the health of Southwest Baptist Church. And I, I want to say that it's not just on the part of the leadership of the church, so I I thank God for Brother Bert Harrison and Miss Irma, who just went to went to heaven this year. I mean, she uh, she was a she was a dear, uh, just wonderful lady. And thank God for Brother Bruce and their uh, son that's continuing to take care of the five year old department and has for many years. And and so, anyways, this church has been blessed by the spiritual leaders, Brother Davis and Miss Sandy's here today. Brother Sam's preaching. Out. I don't think he's just staying in bed this morning, but uh, he's he's preaching out. And I thank God for how God has used Brother Sam and. In my own life, you know, I think, I think back to it. Um, my son is, my middle son is 16 and, and I'm uh, 46. Is that right, Angie? Yep, 46. Anybody else have to do that now? Isn't that embarrassing? You have to really stop and think about it anyways. But uh, well, when, when Brother Sam preached camp, I was 16 and he was 46. And he seems so much older than what I feel right now. You know what I mean? So... Anyways, I thank God for the spiritual leadership, you know, and in all in our lives. But I, I tell you what, Southwest Baptist Church has been blessed because of the Charlie and Janice Goforths and, and on and on, on down the line I could go of many, many members of this church. That's why the church has been blessed. It's not just been the spiritual leadership of the church. It's been the members of the church that have been looking for the right things in a church family. Charlie, I like how you put it, that you were looking for a church family and you wanted a place that believed that they had the Bible. That's a real good place to start. Believe that we've got God's word preserved for us and that would go about the process and effort of preaching and teaching that word and and having music that that still sounds like church music. Hey, you know, I, I, uh, I just read a quote here this week that mentioned this, said, uh, said you know, uh, that, that church and being, a, you know, it's a called out assembly. It ought to be the kind of place where you can come to and kind of escape what's going on out there in the world. Not where you have more of the world in here. And that would apply to music. And that's where that quote was. Angie shared that with me, a, a quote about how that the church that this individual attended down in, in Texas many years ago, I mean, just had solid, good music. But, but now it's a lot more like a pop or a rock concert. And and uh, used to be that you could come to a church and escape from that kind of music. Well, if, we're, if we don't watch out, if we don't watch out, if we're not on guard, if we're not taking heed like the word told us right here, then that, that kind of worldliness and a worldly mentality can seep in even to churches. I come to Celebration Sunday and everything in me just wants to celebrate what God has done. But there's also everything in me that also wants to look ahead and say, you know, I want us to be able to continue to celebrate what we have here. Angie's dad shared with me a picture that uh, was of... Um, well, the old Temple Baptist Church up in Detroit, Michigan. Many of you know uh, the name of that church. I mean, for many years, I mean, it ran 5,000 plus. Running buses, seeing souls saved. 
I mean, I mean to tell you, uh, just incredible growth during the time of J. Frank Norris, of, of G.B. Vick and others. Just this year, it sold to a group of Muslim men. It's going to be changed. It's already been sold, and it, it's going to be one of the largest mosques in the United States of America. But at one time, it was like Southwest Baptist Church, preaching the Bible, caring about people, seeing souls. You, you, know what, you know what can happen? A church can get away from God. And Southwest Baptist Church is not exempt. There's no guarantee that 50 years from now, 70 years from now, that this church will be like it is right now. No guarantee. Every generation is responsible. That's what Paul's writing. That's what he's saying. That's, that's why he's meeting with them. And he's, he's looking back on what God has done, but he's also looking forward to the time when he knows that they're going to be tested. They're going to be tested by false doctrine. Hey, along the way, I mean, truly, honestly, Southwest Baptist Church has been tested by false doctrine. Southwest Baptist Church has been tested by uh, a type of uh, philosophy of ministry that would cause us to try to go a different direction. It'd be real easy to do two things. Every, every church that is indeed his church faces two very dangerous temptations. One would be this, just to give up. It's getting tough. It's getting hard. Maybe not seeing results. Hey, by the way, I thank God. I mean, we're, we're, we're really in a, in a prime time. And we, I was walking in and I was greeting guests left and right. Kids getting off of buses, running to class. And I mean, there's excitement. There was energy. I went up on third floor and there's young people up there. Went to second floor. There's more young people there. Went out in the gym. There's all kinds of young people out there. I mean, listen, the, the church is growing older, but the church is growing younger all at the same time. It's supposed to be that way, friend. An older and younger church all at the same time. And, and, and so anyways, I'm thanking God, but, but I'm also concerned because I, I don't want to see something happen to Southwest Baptist Church that changes the, the DNA of this church. But we can look and say, well, we're not seeing results like we used to. And it's getting really tough to stand by the Bible. It's getting really tough in this day and time. And listen, like we heard even as in Sunday school about the church of Smyrna, it may not get easier in, this, in, in the United States of America and how things go. Hey, listen, I, I don't know how things are going to go, but I know this. God doesn't change. And the choir singing a moment ago that he's the unchanging God and he'll still be faithful to us and still be who we need in these years to come. So we could be tempted to give up and we can also be tempted to do this. We could be tempted to go a different direction. Paul was concerned about that. Paul and others, by the way, it wasn't just Paul as you, maybe just look back to chapter 20 and, and, and verses uh, two and following this team is coming in there and, and they're traveling around. What they're doing is they're going back to some of the churches that God had used them to start and in, in the area of Asia and then also a little bit further into the west of Macedonia and then to the south in Achaia where Greece is and, and Corinth. And so they're retracing their steps and they're thinking back to what God did and they're thanking God. They're also concerned about those churches lest they should cave in to the temptations that's around them. And Paul had spent a lot of years with him, 18 months in Corinth, three years, as I mentioned earlier, in Ephesus. And he, listen, he'd, met, he'd led many of them to Christ. He had weathered the storms of persecution in Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea. 
He stayed in their homes. He'd stayed up late with them. He'd worked with them. He'd worshiped with them. He'd sang with them. He'd studied God's word with them. He'd worked through conflicts. They had conflicts. Would you imagine that the churches back then had problems? You know what, what we're not celebrating today? We're not celebrating a perfect church. Southwest Baptist Church is not a perfect church. There's not, there's not, there's not a perfect church. And, and, and as somebody said, if you think that is a church, don't join it because you'll mess it up. No perfect churches, but they worked through issues. They worked through conflicts. Uh, they, they had some struggles along the way. Southwest Baptist Church has had some struggles along the way. But thank God that God's been faithful to us through all those times. He knew them. He knew them by name. He embraced them. He prayed with them. They've been working together and here they're, they're, they're working together even as churches. By the way, in the Bible, as you look at it, churches that are indeed his churches, they are independent Baptist churches, but they work together. There's not a denomination, a headquarters that's telling all the churches what to do. There's a chief shepherd in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they were going through those things and, and the turmoil that was there and even the turmoil that was in Ephesus. And so he's, he's coming back to them and, and they were loving each other, but he wanted to make sure that that would indeed continue. And so look at verse number seven, if you would here, of chapter 20. It says, upon the first day of the week, on the first day of the week, that'd be Sunday, on the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread Paul preached unto them, ready to depart uh, on the morrow, the next day, and continued his speech until midnight. It was celebration Sunday, day and night. Now, I don't know what time the service start, but I know it didn't get out early that day. Right. And by the way, they came to get in. They didn't come to get out. Right? That's the right mentality for us to have. I didn't come to church to get out. I came to get in. So they, he preached and he kept preaching. Well, he had a lot on his heart. It's going to be one of the last times that he would see them. So I'm not going to preach today like it's going to be the last time I'm going to see you and get to preach again, God willing, tonight and, and other times. But here is his last, his last service. And, and so they fellowship. But hey, wait, wait a minute. Hang on just a minute right here. They assembled together. See, loving, loving your church, loving Southwest Baptist Church, God's way means, I'm going to start with the very basic stuff right here. It means that we assemble. God didn't design us for virtual church. You heard a moment ago, you don't need a virtual pastor. You don't need a hologram up here. Um, we don't need to be southwestbaptistchurch.tv or you're just here watching the screen of a pastor that'll never see you. No, you need a pastor. You need Sunday school teachers. You need fellowship with other servants. You, you need, you need, we need this. I mean, this is, this is it. And listen, those watching by live stream, I thank God that there are many that are shut in. Their health does not permit. But if your health does permit, you need to be here. You need to be here. COVID didn't help us in a lot of ways. Kind of got some in a habit of not coming. 
And I realize people have some real medical issues, but, but listen, let, let's, let's be careful lest you get a habit of just kind of, mm, like church attendance doesn't really matter. Hang on. Don't leave yet. Don't turn the channel. Don't turn it off. I'm asking you, are you loving your church God's way? Um, this is a flippant time when it comes to church. It's a flippant time. Some say, well, you know, I'll, I'll come to this service, but I won't come to that church service. Um, I wonder how that go over in your basketball practice. I wonder, I wonder if your coach said, uh, you know, we, we want you here for practice. And I wonder if you say, well, coach, you know, I'll, I'll be here for that practice, but I'm not coming for that practice. I guarantee you where you'll find yourself. On the bench. Yeah. So we've got practice Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. The service is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday during the day, Thursday all day, Friday all day, Saturday all day, Sunday in between services. This is just practice time. Are you following me? So what you need to do is make up your mind. I'm going to love my church God's way. I'm not going to love my church my way. Your way would be, I'm going to select this one because that's the shorter service. I'll choose to come when Brother Jason's not preaching because he preaches long. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? Hey, I'm, I'm not trying to be silly. I'm not, I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm just simply trying to say, listen, if we're going to have the type of church that Southwest Baptist Church has been through the years, then we cannot get that mentality of kind of pick and choose based on how I feel. And I realize if you're sick, my, my son's home sick right now. And hopefully he's watching. Hopefully he's away. You wake Trevor. Just, he's, he's got a, He had a fever this morning. He didn't come. That's a very valid reason not to be here. Are you following what I'm saying? There are valid reasons for that. But laziness is not one. And, and just, just your preferences is not one. No way. Wait a minute. The first business of the church is to assemble. It is a called out assembly. And if you can't assemble it, it's not a real church. So we've got to assemble. And then what I see is that as they assembled, then they had preaching and they had teaching that was going on. In fact, it wasn't a short little sermonette. Paul didn't preach a little sermonette. He didn't give a little 15 minute little talk that day. No, listen, friend, he probably preached for about eight hours. We're wimpy. I'm saying we're not, we are wimpy, and, and I'm including myself in that. Eight hours, do you realize that some believers in China are meeting together in, in undisclosed places and trying to hide from a government that would not allow them to assemble? Hey, listen, shame on you for not assembling with your church family. Shame on you for not assembling. You've got the freedom to do so. We live in a country, the greatest on earth, that has such freedom, and you're not going to assemblism. That doesn't make any sense. But you've got believers in China in underground churches that are meeting there, listen, for eight hours on end. And they're saying, please come back tomorrow and do it again. Where is American Christianity today with these little short services and little, little flippant messages and just some weak, weak need, anemic, and other terms that are not coming to my mind right now that are just milk toast, just watered down? I think we need a, a revival and a, and a wake-up call. We're going to lose what we have. 
Paul preached and he preached Jesus Christ and he preached about sin and about forgiveness and about the atonement and about the second coming and he preached about the local church and he preached about false doctrine and false teachers and he warned them and he said, listen, this is not a game. You got to come and you got to be plugged into this. He preached and he preached and he preached till, till midnight. And, and uh, that young man, he was probably, he's somewhere between, they say, 8 to 14 years old. And he was sitting up in the upper levels of the, of the building where they were meeting and the torches were burning. And so it kind of got warm. You know how it is when it gets warm in church. And, and we, we try to keep it cool in here just on purpose. Not too cool. We really try not to keep it too cool. We try not to let it get too hot. I'm just trying to please everybody right here because I know some of you say, yeah, I think it's too cold. I think it's too hot. But, but you know how it is, man. It gets kind of warm up there in the balcony. Next thing you know, <laughs> you, ever, you, ever, you ever had that experience? And man, you, you, you wake up. I tell you when it's especially bad. I used to sit about where brother Aaron is and I, I would be sitting there and brother Sam was flinging it down. I mean, just preaching, but I found a way. And then you, your eyes open and you think, oh no, how long? Huh? How long have I been here like this? And what makes it worse now is live stream. <laughs> oh yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Brother Ted? No, yeah. Man, he was up there in that balcony and he got, he got weary. He got tired and he fell asleep. Heard about, uh, actually, Brother Eddie Goff. He was a missionary in, down in, in Peru. He pastors now. But, um, and so anyways, but he was a, B, a BBC student, a Baptist Bible College student. And his buddy, I didn't know it was him until later, but his buddy went to sleep in class. And while he was in class, he was asleep and the teacher was teaching. And Brother Eddie nudged his buddy that was asleep. And he said, hey, he just called on you to pray. <laughs> and right there in the middle of class, the guy stood up and began to pray and thank God for the day. And the professor said, thank you, young man. You can have a seat. I appreciate you praying for us. I'm just saying it's dangerous to go to sleep in church or class. Man, you know, because he fell. He fell, I don't know, two stories, three stories. He fell and he died. The Bible says he died. He was there. He died. Now, I want to remind anybody here that, I mean, Paul, he went over. He stopped the preaching long enough to raise him back to the dead and let him have something to eat. And he went on preaching. But there are no apostles here to rise you from the dead. If you fall out, you're on your own, friend. Why was Paul preaching so long? Why did it go like that? I'll tell you what it was. He wanted to see that church continue. And then as he made his, his journey, and I, I really, I'm not going to preach till midnight by any stretch of the means, but, but, but as he went in further and he went and met in Miletus and, and he called for the Ephesian elders and they came and he said, he said this to him, he said, listen, you, you basically, if you allow me to paraphrase, beginning in verse 17, 18, 18 and 19 talks about the philosophy of ministry that he had and how that he served with humility of mind. Hey, Paul as a preacher didn't feel like he was some kind of a celebrity or a big shot. We're not big shots. We're, we're just people. That's all we are. All of us collectively, we're just sinners saved by grace. If there's anybody here today that you feel like, man, I don't know if I belong here. I mean, it, you know, they're church people. They're wearing like suits and ties and, and, and dresses and stuff. I don't feel like I belong here. I'll tell you, I, let me check this out. See if you belong here. We're sinners. We think things that are wrong. We do things that are wrong. We say things that are wrong. We get angry, we get frustrated, and we go to sleep in church. 
Now do you feel a little bit better about it? Hey, listen, we're all made of the same stuff and we need the same grace of God to save every single one of us because the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there's none righteous, no, not one. Not one is righteous except Jesus Christ. And he who knew no sin became sin for you that you might be made the righteousness of God in him. And so Paul said, listen, I came preaching. And here's what he preached. He preached this, repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what repentance is? Repentance is when you realize that you've been wrong and you need to turn to God. Today, if you're not saved, you need to understand there's no way to be saved apart from Jesus Christ. Your church membership, your church baptism, nothing like that will save you. Only, listen, only trusting what Jesus did on the cross. The fact that he was crucified for your sins, was buried and rose again. You trust what he did and that will save you, friend. That whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be, listen to this, saved. Saved. That means this, you were lost, but if you trusted him as your savior, you're saved. And if you are lost today, he can save you today. Paul said, I came and I, I preached the Bible. I, I didn't hold back anything from you that was profitable for you. I preached unto you the whole counsel of God. That's why we're here. That's why it's such a great joy. I, I got to be honest with you, just to be able to open up. I was sharing with the class that I teach in homiletics and pastoral prep. Look at what God is saying to us. Look at what God is saying to us. Look at what God is saying. We got to start right there to us because it's so relevant. Look, we don't make the Bible relevant, friend. It already is relevant. We're just revealing just how relevant it is to all of our lives. This book talks about you, about you. It talks about God, about who he is, but it also talks to you about how you are. And every now and then it's going to make you uncomfortable. Paul says, I didn't hold anything back. I preached to you the whole counsel of God. You say, yeah, he gave it to him up there all in one night. That's why we have services on Sunday morning and Sunday night. The Sunday night service is different than the Sunday morning service. It's not the same preaching. It's not. It's on a whole different, whole different theme. We're, we're same book. In, the, in Sunday mornings, we're preaching here typically through the gospel of Matthew, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. We're not skipping any. Now it's going to take us four years to get through Matthew, but still. Sunday nights, we're in 1 Samuel. Uh, Wednesday nights, uh, where are we? First John, yeah. First John, okay. So... <laughs> Mercy, you say, I'm not sure if I want to come on Wednesday nights. He doesn't have a clue what he's preaching. <laughs> Matthew, 1 Samuel, 1 John. We've been through Proverbs. We've been through Job. We've been through Titus. We've been through Philemon. We've been through Colossians. Listen, here's what we're trying to do. Just preach the book. Because you don't need my ideas. You don't need philosophies. You don't need hints about this or that. You don't need thoughts. You don't need political speeches. You get plenty of those. You need the word. I need the word. That's it. And Paul said, listen, I preach the word to you, but he's passing off the scene. And he was concerned that another generation would take up the mantle and say, I'll preach the word. I'll teach the word. Thank God for every teacher in here today. Thank God for every Sunday school teacher in here today. But listen, a new generation's got to come on the scene that'll say, I'll teach. 
I'll teach. We've got a fifth grade girls class, I believe it is now, that needs a teacher, and a third grade girls class, somewhere right in there that needs a teacher. Thank God we've got all the other hundred classes filled. That's about right, isn't it, Brother Ted? A hundred some classes? That's a blessing. But obviously with a hundred plus classes, we're going to need more teachers. We need helpers and teachers and bus drivers and bus workers and, and children's church. Don't you know those kids aren't out there in the gym just sitting nicely and quietly? without adult supervision. And so many of you help out there. We need new choir members. I look up here and I see older choir members that have been here uh, for a long time. And I started to say since they got off the ark, but that's way too far back. And, and so anyways, they've been here a really long time. And, but then you got young people, you got people that just came out of the youth group, Brother Aaron. That, and in fact, there's, there's others that want to jump into it. That is wonderful. Thank God for that. I just pray it continues. How can we love this church God's way? Well, I need to do church his way. He said, assemble, emphasize the teaching and preaching and have the right biblical philosophy of ministry. Because there's going to come some in verse number 29. He says, there's going to come some in who are wolves, not sparing the flock. Okay, wait a minute. If there were false teachers in Paul's day and he's preaching to them about false teachers that would be in their day. And he said in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that there would be false teachers in our day. Do you think that there are now false teachers in our day? It's very evident. And the false teachers and the false prophets don't care what your last name is. They don't care how long your granddad and grandmother has been a member of this church. They don't care. And listen, don't, don't think that all the false teachers are on television. There's a bunch of them on there. Don't think they're all on the internet. Don't think that they're all just, just uh, somebody that is well known. No, there could be false teachers that you work with. Different ideas, different philosophies of life. Do you realize that all of culture is teaching? A billboard teaches. It says if you're having a hard time and you want to have a good time, drink a beer. That's a philosophy. It's a terrible philosophy, but it's a philosophy. It's a false teacher. And so really you, you and I, we are, not, we are not in this church somehow immune from the influence of wrong ideas. And your kids are not, and your grandkids are not. We need to pray earnestly that God would not help our kids to get to a place where they don't believe that God has preserved his word. Where they don't believe that the atonement of Jesus Christ is sufficient. Where they don't believe that Jesus is, is indeed God. It says right here that it is the church of God which he bought with his own blood. Wait a minute, if it says it that way, and people try to get around that, but it says what it says, friend. And it says that it is the church of God which he, the closest antecedent of that, is God. That he bought with his own blood. That means that Jesus is none other than God. There's false teachers that'll tell you he's less than God. There's false teachers that'll tell you that there is no God. There's teachers and those that will tell you that you are, you're just a process of evolution. You're, we just got here by accident. Hey, listen, friend, all of those are false doctrines and it gets people out of church. Paul says, I'm concerned because I know that after my departing, grievous wolves will come in, not sparing the flock. Hey, listen, they don't care how long you've been a member of this church. The, the false teaching, the false ideas, the wrong ideas, even about church and his work can set in your mind just like it can anybody else's mind. 
And you can stop loving God like you used to and stop loving His church like you used to. Paul says, I'm concerned about you. Because what we need to do is we need to preserve what God has given us in Christ Jesus and the churches that He has as a part of. But we need to exhort that next generation to continue in this same way. And that's how you love His church, His way. Preserve what we have and pass it on to the next generation. That's where we are right now, church. I'm preaching to you as the adults of Southwest Baptist Church. There's some kids in here and some young people in here. But they need a generation that will stand up and say, hey, let me help you as a young man and as a young lady. Isn't that right? I'll say, I'll be willing to teach you. I love it. Just, uh, just yesterday, I believe he's four years old. Went out on visitation, not by himself, with his mom and dad. It's awesome. Learning even early, I need to care about people. We got to start early. If later on we're going to have what we have right now. Hey, let me remind you this and I'm done right here. The world is starting early. Paul said, if you want to love God's church, God's way, preserve what you have. Don't take it lightly. And encourage and exhort the next generation to keep going with it. Now, I want to ask you today, are you loving Southwest Baptist Church God's way or your way? How about we purpose here today? I want to love him and his church his way. Let's stand together here today. I sure appreciate your attention to his word. I want to address the members of the church here. If God has identified some areas and ways in which that you have not been loving your church family. Again, that's not a perfect church family. I'm not a perfect pastor, nothing like that. But if you haven't been loving his church And I believe this is his church, one of his churches. I believe it is indeed. If you haven't been loving his church his way, would you get that right with him? Would you get that right with him? Paul said, awake thou that sleepest. Wake up. Wake up. What we have is so precious. Wake up. Don't take it for granted. I want to say this also. If there's someone here that... Earlier, I was trying to get across and inserting some of the gospel there, the good news that, yes, you're a sinner, but he died for you and you can be saved. We'd love the opportunity to take God's word and show you from his word how that that can be completely settled. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer and then we'll have an invitation inviting all to come and to to respond to the message here this morning. So, Father, I thank you today that you've loved Southwest Baptist Church through the years. Lord, it's, it's not that we're anything special but it's because of who you are and what you've done. And I pray you'd help us to have the right mindset here in God. Where we haven't, would you rebuke us and would you correct us and would you teach us? I pray for those here today that aren't saved. I pray that they, God, would understand their need for salvation and walk down the aisle and ask somebody to help them to know what it means to be saved and how to be saved. 
Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're singing page 483, Jesus, I come. If God has spoke to your heart, would you come on this very first verse as Brother Aaron leads us?